Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels. You have found the Middle of Somewhere podcast. It is our second guest. Number two. Second guest. Last one went good for the guest. Yeah, you and I got in a little argument, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Poorly. Well, it's, it works out in their advantage. Let's the, see how it goes. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite people, a great friend, a pal, I will say. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to get started. This is... Uh, I would say this is a man that we both love a lot. Yeah. But also both are incredibly jealous of how he does stand-up comedy. And yeah. I know that I know this show isn't about comedy, but... I've, it's, I've said this before. I could watch him do stand-up for several hours in a row yep. just because of the way it's done. But uh, He's listening to us say this right now, and he fucking hates it. I'd I like thought to, you were going to say my hair, and then I was more prepared for that. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Let's start this the, the episode. <laughs> this is David Huntsberger out in the middle of somewhere. Hey, everybody, this is Chad Daniels, uh, Middle of Somewhere podcast. Across from me is Siagra. Stop Cyrus, it with that. Cyrus Amundsen. No one thinks it's funny. Over in the corner, uh, big to differ. Over in the corner, we have Eric, our producer, call him Hot Dogs. Hot Dogs. Hot Dogs. That's new. That's a new Where'd nickname. Where did that come from? Uh, early episode, we were trying to record, and he just pulled raw hot dogs out. I think it out was of a, a plastic grocery bag, <laughs> and he was eating spoonfuls of guacamole and raw hot dogs. And Chad I ref- almost I refused, had a fucking seizure. I refuse to call a white guy guacamole. I'm saving that; it's too cool. What about guac dog? Nope, call him hot dog. Guac dog. <laughs> it combines them. You left the guac. Who eats spoonfuls of guacamole? I know you want to save guacamole. The but- voice you're hearing is David Huntsberg, a guest and being rude. The genius who add. just dropped guac dog. <laughs> I fucking I might change Hayvale's name to Guac Dog. <laughs> I'm just gonna call you Eric. I'm so furious about this. Uh, you know him from the Space Cave podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> you know him from a special on Amazon Prime and Roku Channel. And Roku Channel. You know him from. I'm a big Roku Channel guy. <laughs> I want to get it out there because if there's like a mom and pop shop, you don't have to, if you don't like the beast that is Amazon. Yeah. No, I've always said I'm a big Roku guy. (laughs) You, you know him from, uh, getting premium blend on comedy central before me. Correct. David Huntsberger. David Huntsberger. And, uh, his hair right now, like my hair is good. His hair is the best. Your hair, it's long, it's shoulder length. Thanks. God damn it. I I'm going to tell you, later this year, a black woman is going to love that hair. <laughs> oh, and she's wearing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it goes to a child, but, you know, if she gets in there first, it's it's dibs. Yeah, that's how dibs Dib- Yeah, dibs is dibs. So here's where I met Dave. Let's go back to this premium blend thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working in... Uh, Austin, Texas at Cap City Comedy Club, where you you were working as a maybe food runner? I did all the stuff. I answered the phones, (laughs) then at night I would run food and like bar back, and then I'd get on stage as much as I could and do guest sets, and they'd give me like some... I only hosted a few times. Yours was one of the few times I hosted, and then they bumped me up to a feature because of that sweet premium blend gig. Okay. Well, so, so I'm down there. 
I don't know, David, but I know the the feature act mm-hmm. is uh, Mario De Giorgio, mm-hmm. and so they were they were opening, and they had both gotten Premium Blend, the a show on Comedy Central where they they highlight four comedians in N- the in the new up and coming comedians. They do short sets, and so Dave and Mario had both gotten Premium Blend. I had mm-hmm. been turned down for the fourth straight year. <laughs> What makes it worse is I knew nothing about it. The owner of the club had been working behind the scenes, so they just called me and asked me if I wanted to do it. And and my first thought was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> so to think of that juxtaposition of you on the other side just scratching at the door and me like, oh, I guess I'll go in. Terrible. Yeah, so it, unjust. And so normally at, at a club, the host will come over and say, hey, can I grab an intro? But nowhere to be found was little David Huntsberger. Classic Dave. Yeah. And he goes on stage and he goes, your headliner tonight is the only person on the show that didn't get premium blend. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chad Daniels. And as I'm walking up, I think to myself, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> so that's where, I, that's where I first met Dave. Can I tell you how I knew Dave and I were going to uh-uh. be friends? So Dave. <laughs> yeah, of course. He was, you were, this was also a long time ago. I think you were still featuring at Acme. So this was years and years and years ago. And you came in early to do the Monday night open mic. Yeah. And back then we used to, after the open mic, we used to go to the Green Mill. And Hold on. I got I to gotta hop in here. Okay. The, the open mic on Mondays at Acme Comedy Company where you and I started yeah. is one of the best in the country. It's always packed. They turn people away. Yep. So people... People are begging to get on because mm-hmm. you can make tapes for late night. You can yep. do whatever. I mean, I know you didn't have to, Dave, because they just gave you premium. Right. Right. Somebody right. just called because somebody fine. was working behind the scenes. So, yeah. so this is like people get excited. Not everywhere you do an open mic are you excited to go and Very rarely, I yeah. would say. And this is one of those. Yeah. And, and I'd heard about it. I was I knew of the lure of like 300 people at an open mic. What? Yeah. And so, and so av- after every show on Mondays, we would all go to the Green Mill and they had happy hour pizza. So I would usually go with Brooks Robinson and Mike Brody, and we would sit away from all of the other comedians. And Dave was coming in with all the other comedians, and we said hello and introduced ourselves to each other. And uh, he goes, are you guys just going to sit over here? And I was like, yeah, we're going to sit here and eat pizza and not talk about comedy at all. And then he slowly walked (laughs) a few steps away, looked back like a dog, who like knew it had a task, <laughs> but didn't want to do it. And he goes, ah, that sounds nice. <laughs> and then just <laughs> sauntered over to the other group and kind of looked back a lot throughout the <laughs> night. So I was like, I think he's going to be just about right. <laughs> well, that's great. So you are uh, living in LA now. You know that. Grew up in Reno. Yeah, you know that. Reno, mm-hmm. the world's biggest little city. Is that Reno? It's close. The biggest little city in the world. The biggest little city in the world. Says it on our arch. I I have been in the Circus Circus when they used to have the metal ball that motorcycles would ride around inside of. <sighs> so, I mean, imagine seeing that as a kid. Yeah. And trying to leave Reno. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. They had a trapeze wow. act for a bit at Circus Circus. It was That's incredible. Amazing. What happens when you go to a, a town without that? It, it's a life of disappointment. <laughs> Just steadily. Yeah, they shouldn't let... Yeah, you they can't grow up in kids. a town with a motorcycle ball and then go other places. No. Yeah. But you grew up, you grew up like, a, you, one of my <laughs> favorite things about you is you're, uh, despite living in L.A. and being a comedian, you're somewhat outdoorsy, but you grew up like very involved with horses and shit. Yeah, bugs me because I have my long hair now, and, if I, and I never really talk about like 
political things, but if people can smell it out, they can sniff it out that like, <laughs> hey, this guy seems like a bit of a lily. Hey, this this guy seems like he wouldn't hate the same people I hate. Other side and, of the fence, long hair. <laughs> and I feel like you motherfuckers, like the the blue collar comedy tour. I've worked more blue collar jobs than any of those dudes. Jeff uh, Foxworth, the goddamn IBM guy. That's the most <laughs> blue collar thing he ever did as a Jeff. Fuck that. I've like you, you don't think Ron White having his girlfriend make fake vases in Mexico and shipping them over to America to sell them under the name of someone else is <laughs> blue collar? That's classic American. That's very. He, but he was a saddle bronchiator, as far as I know. So I always felt like if I ran into that guy, I would. Do you ask want to him, explain to everyone who's maybe not me because of uh-huh. how much of a hillbilly I am what a saddle bronchiator is? Do you do you have a guess? I'm sure you've been to the no, rodeo. No, I'm, I'm familiar. Oh, you are? Okay. Do you know? I mean, I think I know. Give it to Throw us. Throw it out there. A saddle bronc rider? Yeah. Yeah. I would guess it's someone who does the bucking bronco thing. There's two of them at the rodeo, though. There's bareback and then there's saddle bronc. So I, I guess that... That's the, explanatory. That's but explanatory, yeah. Yeah. So bareback, you're just gripping onto this little stump. Bareback, you're just getting it. <laughs> sure. You are just cramming your nuts into this <laughs> little... So a saddle bronc rider is someone that rides a bucking bronco, but it has a saddle on it. And they have to spur in rhythm to like the horse's front feet hitting the ground. So your front feet also meet at the... The, the shoulders, basically. Imagine. Did you just stop? Did you know that? Sorry? I did not know the spur thing. Yeah. I did no. not so know the spur thing. So you thought no one was going to crack the code of saddle bronc rider being a bucking bronco rider with a fucking saddle on I don't. I do think most people <laughs> were going to crack Christ, that. Jesus Christ, it's all right there. I don't think they were going to crack that. I think there are people who are listening to that and go, wait, 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 what the fuck did he just say? A saddle bronc rider? Also, imagine like the thought process of being the guy who's like, I'm going to ride this thing that bucks. With just my nuts. <laughs> yeah, that just would be Just my fucking dick and nuts mushed against his, <laughs> mushed against his just protruding shoulders and back. Yeah. You didn't finish the impersonation that- of people listening. It was like, wait, wait a second. What did he say? A saddle bronc rider? Oh, I got it. <laughs> That's the end of that impersonation. In the in the saddle slash bear bank bronc community, is there like, are you a pussy if you ride uh, saddle bronc? No. Okay. Yeah, I feel like so they then, then what's then well. what's the bonus of going bareback? Is it just like that's how it used to be done? I guess I honestly don't know. So there are rough stock riders, and then there are timed event people. I was in the timed event world. So okay. and there's a little bit of an elitism about that of like, oh, you're dumb or you're incapable of doing coordinated things. You can just hang on the because the timed event includes stuff like rope and cattle. Yep. Team okay. rope and cattle. You were in the rodeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Full on rodeo. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I got into, which is strange from my high school because I, you know, it was mostly real rural communities, but my, every school had a rodeo team. I think we were one of the few in Reno that had people that actually went and competed. So it was like all the rural surrounding areas and then us from Hug High. Ho- uh, homework for this episode, everybody, is try to say real rural 10 times in a row <laughs> while driving. Yeah, one. good luck. Oof. Did I do it? Did I do it okay? You said real rural, and I was like, Nailed what it. in the... How did he do that <laughs> shit right away? So in high school, you yeah. played football. Yeah. You skied. Mm-hmm. I skied for one semester because I didn't want to play basketball. I didn't, I didn't like the coach, and so I graciously did not go out and play my senior year. It sounds like the start of a teen show. Yeah, yeah what, what a weird, what a weird life. Like when I didn't want to play football anymore because they didn't throw it and I was a wide receiver, which seems like a weird position to be. I boxed, mm-hmm. but you 
skied. I didn't even have, we, the idea of having skiing in your school is very bizarre to me. We didn't even have soccer. Yeah. There wasn't even soccer sense. in our what? school. There was no soccer. We were a very rural town. We didn't have like actual school hockey till I was probably getting into junior high. Everything was club hockey. I did. I feel like at some point I tried all the stuff. I did track one year, was terrible. What'd you run? I ran all of it. I just tried all oh. the stuff. I, I threw shot put. God, and I what was a like, fucking <laughs> stupid sport track is. <laughs> they had one size fits all uniforms for us. And I was cool. in eighth grade, I was under five feet tall and just, <laughs> just barely triple digits in weight. And so my throwing jersey. Throwing the shot put, huh? Throwing the shot put. <laughs> Throwing a shot put in a giant <laughs> uniform. Like that it, I had to, it would fall over my shoulder like a burlesque dancer. And so I'd have to lift up my jersey, <laughs> excuse me, fellas, over and over. And I would ask all the, do you have like a, like a clothespin? You can close it up back here. And they're like, we can't have you walking around like that. It'd be <laughs> awesome if you couldn't even lift up the shot put. So eventually you just started doing pommel horse on it. You know, I think they let you choose different weights in shot put. You for sure looked like a guy whose dad made him do shot put. (laughs) (laughs) My form was pretty good. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Because all the coaches tell you, like, it's not about your size. And then you watch at the Olympics, like, it absolutely (laughs) is. It it does not have to do with me kicking my leg and really whipping it around. I could just, every time you throw it, I could hear you whispering, get this off of me. (laughs) (laughs) Putting my jersey up? Well, I never. Also, there's no way a kid who grew up around a motorcycle and yeah. horses was had just like just out the gate had good shot put form. <laughs> I tried one time. I was running the 100 meters. I think it was a dirt track, and I looked. Everyone was a foot taller than me, had muscles, and I I might have been the only white guy. Although my friend Ricky Gaines was white, and he was real fast. He would beat everybody. That's why they called him White Ricky. <laughs> they, did, they never called him White Ricky. They just called him Ricky. But I was like, oh, me and I Ricky are different. <laughs> Me and Ricky are going to do great at this. And then I slipped right out of the gate. And I just slipped. And everyone like was. Like cool runnings? Yes, exactly like cool. But I didn't heroically catch everyone. I finished in a way where they just all. It felt like they stayed an extra half hour and kept the lights on for me to finally come. And everyone's dust because the dirt track. And I finally finished and was like, I think I'm. I think I'm done with track. Some parents started standing up, and the coaches had to go, guys, David, still running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was very sit. much happening. Everybody's in their cars. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Miserable. of running, I'd like to throw this out there. You and I ran a marathon together. That's true, a yeah. A marathon. A marathon. A full marathon? A full marathon. Mm-hmm. Now, we call it a marathon because we were watching uh, Run, Fat Boy, Run. Yeah. And they all have English accents in that movie, so it was a marathon. They're all preferring for a marathon. Marathon. You beat me. Well, you had your hip and then also a knee problem. We didn't even think you were going to... It was a foot. Oh, it was your foot. Yeah, I had a stress fracture in my foot. Where? What marathon? San Diego Rock and Roll. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, here's how it started. When we were in Austin, Texas, we would always go to this bar called Horseshoe Lounge. Greatest bar that ever happened and is no longer around. God rest. It was... Sounds like it have a motorcycle. It was bring bring your own (laughs) booze, but they they had beer. Yeah. And we went in there one time. Do you How want to come? If I would have, if I would have mentioned that, you would have spent three. If I would have said, you would have, you would have called me such a hillbilly. If I would have gone, I, I go. I used to go to a place called the Horseshoe Lounge, and you could bring your own booze. You'd have been like, yeah, was your whole family there smacking banjos and cleaning up straw? Well, that's just because of your reputation. <laughs> Everybody knows that, like, ooh, ooh, Chad's living dangerously on the other side of the tracks. You're like the cosmopolitan fellow of this podcast? Yeah, look at him. 
You're both from rural Minnesota. Thank I know. You. No, no, no. That's not a compliment to you because I still am the cosmopolitan. You're that fucking white trash where you make me look Here's like the, I grew up in a city. Here's the alarming thing about my friend Joel texted me last week because uh, recently because we had a real baby penis argument issue on this show. And he pointed out something very interesting. Joel hates being around me sometimes because of my affinity to get into arguments and have problems. And somehow through the course of this program, because of how (laughs) insane Chad is, people think that I'm the like, please don't get into a fight person. (laughs) It's a very, I think we've skewed. So I'm saying you're not. I'm not that white trash is what I'm saying. Well, you break into a Southern accent even when you're not impersonating anyone. That's weird to me. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's real creepy. But that's not necessarily white trashy, is it? To me, it is. (laughs) Doing an accent? I feel like that's very cultured. Longing, longing to have a Southern, uh, an accent that makes you sound dumber. I don't long to have a Southern accent. Well, you do. Your current look says you can fix any lawnmower. And I'll tell you what, I cannot. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lying with your looks right now. So we listen. You're at the Horseshoe Lounge. Horseshoe Lounge. Sorry. And they have what I'm going to call in both immaculate and impeccable yeah. shuffleboard table. Ooh. The table where you salt it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's wonderful. It's as if everything around the bar is falling over decrepit, stained by cigarette smoke, decades of cigarette smoke. Yeah. And in the middle of all this is just this perfect oasis that looks like it was lasered to precision. It's If you were like, you know in The Bodyguard where he throws up that silk and then it lands on the sword and it cuts it because it's such <laughs> a s- sharp sword? Dave, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I, I, had know to, that I didn't even need to ask. <laughs> we're familiar with The Bodyguard. Wow. What that scene conveys is perfection. Do you know that scene in The Green Mile when he saves the warden's wife's life? Yeah, we're familiar. I masturbated to both of those scenes. <laughs> so uh, we're there. This now, table is as good as both of those scenes. Do you want to tell the story and I'll jump in? No, go for it. Okay, so we go in. And we hear barking, and we don't know what, like, but not dog barking, a person dog barking. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like that, right? Uh-huh. And so we look over the table. Was it DMX? People, <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. I, I know <laughs> that I've interrupted. No, he would have been welcome in this bar, though. That's the beauty of this bar. Like, a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, you, you want a bar where everyone's welcome. You would see... Asian teenagers that were just old enough to be drinking or sneaking in and convincingly do it, and then old rednecks and bikers and everywhere in between. I don't know what between means, but just virtually any group, welcome. And do you know how convincing you have to be as an Asian teenager (laughs) to tell someone you're of age? (laughs) So we're in there, and you're right. Everybody's welcome. It's fantastic. And we look over. You've been telling me about this shuffleboard table, and you look over. And uh, we see that there is a team of, of two guys. One of them's barking. <laughs> Mad Dog, right? Sounds, sounds very correct. That was the name on, like, he, you have to reserve it on a chalkboard the, <sighs> the next game. And yeah. Mad Dog is one of the things. So we're like, clearly, <laughs> that's Mad Dog. That's Mad Dog. So we're hanging out and we're drinking. And we order Tecate beers. So we're in there and we're waiting our turn. And all of a sudden, we have to, we have to play Mad Dog. And we is this one of those great winter stays tables? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yes. And we yeah. we beat him. Now I'm gonna say I know I got lucky. I don't know about you. We all did. Everything fell into place for us. They leave. Mad Dog and his partner leave, 
And the bartender, who's also the waitress, server, whatever you want to say, brings over a tray of Tecate beer from the bar for getting rid of the guy that was you barking. You fucking tombstoned him? We yeah. certainly did. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, you guys were like, yeah. This town is safe now, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so he's out of there. And then these two old ladies come up who looked like they could, they played organ in a church yeah. forever since okay. they were little kids. <laughs> and they have a case. They each have a case with them and they pop the little lock thingy and it's the pucks for yeah, shuffle. The weights. Holy shit, I didn't even know you could buy those. Mm-hmm. They had that look that they had delivered children, both themselves and for other people, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and it wasn't that bad. There's that look of like nothing phases me. Yeah. They've they've both said at least twice, I don't need any hot water. <laughs> they've both said that. <laughs> so we start to play, and I'm looking at him, and I give him a look like Fucking awesome. Looks like we're going to go 2-0 today. Yeah. And then the lady puts her thumb. When I grip a shuffleboard puck, I grip it with all my fingertips, and I spin it. She put her thumb on the little ledge thingies that I didn't even know why they were there, (laughs) and she just slowly pushed it with her thumb, and every single shot was perfect. I don't know that we scored a point. And every time, because, you know, you get when you go last, you're supposed to have the hammer hit them. Uh, we would be going last virtually every time and, and have, okay, we got to get this one and miss it. And they would just turn around, like, take a sip of their beer and just be like, so where are you from? You could tell in their eyes it was very, like, you have, you in no way, in uh, we do we consider you any kind of a risk <laughs> yeah. or threat? You have to no them, chance. You guys didn't even have penises, <laughs> right? <laughs> the just only smooth bar losers. The only thing that felt good about losing to them is I did catch a little glance in their eye that they went there specifically to knock out Mad Dog. And oh, we had done it first. nice! Yeah. We you, had done it first. You had got to be the sheriff. Before so the reason then. I'm telling you this story mm-hmm. is we we're also working in San Angelo, Texas, mm. and we found a shuffleboard table. And we played, and I beat Dave. And I was like, I'm better than you. I'm the greatest athlete. And he goes, That sounds familiar. He (laughs) said, This isn't even a sport. Do I have this backwards? Yeah, because you won three games in a row. And then I said, Let's go best of seven. And then in the seventh game, which I forced, which is pretty great. I remember that I threw a shot that went between your two with a millimeter per on each side. It looked like it was going to go off the table, stayed. I won the best of seven. And oh. That's how I recall okay. it. Okay, that, that could definitely be. But I remember th- we were in the hotel room and talking about how terrible we were in shape because of comedy and traveling, and that's how I remember the marathon coming up. Well, I remember it because we were, you were talking shit, and I said, shuffleboard isn't even a sport. Oh, okay. Let's let's do this. And then, ah. we, then we shook hands. Now, normally being intoxicated can take you out of a contract. Yeah. But we shook hands as gentlemen, mm-hmm. and we did it. Now, earlier that night before we got back to order pizza, Dave was trying to get money out of an <laughs> ATM. There was a taxi waiting for us, uh, waiting right by the ATM, and the ATM wasn't giving Dave his money. It he was wasn't. having trouble with the card. Yeah. Money in there just couldn't get it out. And then Dave left the ground 
to double foot kick the ATM <laughs> from maybe twenty feet away. I sprinted. I don't, and it was to a wall. It wasn't just like a machine I could have knocked over. It was one of the dumbest. I probably injured my body permanently. He went in feet first, and for a millisecond, if you would have gotten that picture, would have looked amazing. Then just <laughs> crumpled into a pile of shit. <laughs> so we agreed to run this marathon. I am <clears throat> not good at running, mm -hmm. and I ran. I remember there was a training regimen, so. I'd never run 10 miles in my life before. I that. can't even imagine. It's I, great though. It, it was. It's you I mean all the stuff they say about running. Again, it's cross country kid. I'd never run more than like 3 miles in one sitting. Then some of the trainings you get up to where you're doing 7 and 8 pretty frequently. Well, it you felt great. Probably could have run more if you weren't sitting. What a weird I'd never run more than 3 miles in one sitting. <laughs> I was using my rascal. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had a jazzy. <laughs> so we decide to do this marathon. I'm training. I get up to 13 miles, and I'm like, this pain in my foot, I cannot handle. So I went to the doctor. I have a stress fracture in my foot because I run like a goddamn Clydesdale. <laughs> when I would run outside, people would be like, is the Budweiser cart coming? Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. It was horrible. So I stopped training, and I do, uh, what do we have, like a month left till mm -hmm. the marathon? And you are training. Yeah. Training so hard. That you shit on a beach a couple times. Right. Oh, you did the classic, like, I'm a guy who runs, so I'm going to shit anywhere type of situation. If you talk to many runners, they'll mostly say, like, oh, I've had that happen. It yeah. just comes about. You yeah. just can't really feel it. And then a lot of bathrooms are closed, and I had to make a decision. What did you do with the shit after you put it on the beach? Did you leave it there? I kicked sand on it like a cat. <laughs> 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 Don't let Cy do it, seeing you doing that stuff outside. <laughs> Easy. And then I ran 20 miles and thought I was going to die and then just thought, like, there's no way I can do six more beyond that. And then you showed up and we ran it. And then there was, like, there's adrenaline when you're running a marathon. And then there was a guy at mile maybe 10. And he probably did this to every fifth runner, but he got my eyes from 20 or 30 feet away and just, like, made eye contact and goes, run your race. Run your race. <laughs> And in That's my intense. Head. He never fucking saw me. He must have been <laughs> packed up and gone by the time I went through there. I just thought, what a great thing to go do for people because I did take it like, he sees something in me. Why did he choose to say that to just me? So then I was like, you're right, buddy. And then I kept it in my head like, just run my race. Who am I racing? I'm already in 1,000th place. No, right away, you had to use the bathroom. Yeah. And I, I go, I'm sure you'll catch me. I'm just going to keep running. Well, he must have passed me without me seeing him. Because for a great deal of the race, I was like, I'm beating Dave. <laughs> so I, I run, and this little kid at mile 20, I saw 20, and I'm like, well, I've never run this far. So I started walking, and then this kid comes up to me with grape or orange freezies as the option. Mm -hmm. And he gives me an orange one. He goes, want one? I go, can I have grape? And he goes, if you keep running, little kid. Love this kid. And I was what like, hero. Ugh. So I grabbed it, and, I, and then I. And you fucking finished off 6.3 more miles? Mm-hmm. Way to go. Well, no, no, no. I'm just surprised. saying, like, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. We, I got done, and then I had some friends and family there, and we decided to go sit in the bleachers and wait for Chad to finish. And, like, as we were going to sit down, he showed up, like, hey, I'm done. And I was like, yeah, I thought your foot was broken. So it was really, it was really impressive. And then we ate so many fish tacos and in and out Yeah. Now. Yeah. Let's get back to this horse stuff. I, I've hogged it with my stories. <laughs> I loved that. You, you horsed shoes... To, to get through college. 
Yeah, mo- 90% of the time, people, I'd say I shoe horses. And they go, you sh- you murder horses? Which I just think is so hilarious that people, that's the first thought they would have, that there's this yeah. business I don't know about of murdering horses. And it's called shoeing them. It's called shoeing them. You you shoot them? Yes, I shoot oh, them. Oh, shoot. I'm stupid. No, no, no. It is shoe. Yeah. No, but, but I'm were, saying, we're like, they the, heard this is the person. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm dumb. The first time he told me that, I was like, you just go around and, like, make sure horses don't bother people? Like flies, like <laughs> shooing flies. I started in high school because <clears throat> my dad's back wasn't great. And then I was like, well, let me help. So I, this looks too painful to even watch. And then one of my first moves is I put a nail in incorrectly and I was trying to pry it out. And then I, the, it did come out, but so did my hammer and I bashed myself right in the nose. <laughs> but I didn't want my dad to know because I thought he wouldn't let me keep trying to learn how to do it. So I just <laughs> kept shooting <laughs> and there's blood just pouring all over the ground. And my dad's like, what did you do? And I, I couldn't fully say it because I was so focused. So I just kept like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And he's like, what? Where is this? Did you cut? This is not how you shoe a horse. And then I turned around like, it's me. And he was like, oh, good. He didn't hurt the horse. <laughs> I had to go in and like stuff my nose oh, up. And then I awesome. finished it. So I, you literally <clears throat> pound nails into the, like that's how it works. You yeah. have they to, don't feel it. I know they don't feel right. it. That's it's not, a, I don't want to hear from PETA people. It's yeah. like a fingernail that's like yeah. thick and bigger and you don't feel. Imagine if your fingernail went almost all the way around your finger. Mm-hmm. And then as it grew out, you'd get all this crud and you know you'd get a callus that grew on the tip of your finger Mm -hmm. then you'd get in there and you'd peel away that callus and you'd you'd try to get in as close to the actual nail as you could all the way around your finger then you would trim the nail around your finger and then if you left just a little bit extra if you were to shove little needles through that remaining bit of your fingernail Mm -hmm. which is dead material you wouldn't feel anything okay if you went too far in wow real tough and they call that the quick so you don't want to get into the quick and and harm them. So I'm learning all this shit as I go along. And then I'm in, I think my first, I think I was in college, but I worked at this Western store, a retail store for a while. And a guy came in one day and goes, I can't find a horseshoer. And this is pre-internet. So like, I don't know what to do. And everyone in the store just kind of turns toward me. Like (laughs) he knows how to do it. And I've like, I've only shod my own horses. So shod, that's a different word. Past tense, fellas, you're welcome. So you can tell. Shoe is shod. Shod, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that horse is shod. Ooh, that horse is well shod. So if you say that, people will be like, well, you must be from a rural part of the world. They'll respect you. He's going to start saying shod even when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm just, to, <laughs> just to fit in. <laughs> when you have your shoes on, you can say, I'm Chad, shod. Chad, your shirt looks very shod today. <laughs> He's going to go to a tractor pole meet. What was it called? <laughs> Auction? <laughs> Auction. And be like, I shod the tractor. <laughs> you wouldn't shoe a tractor. You could. No. Yeah, hey, I'll argue with you hey, all day long. I'll, I'll tell you what, hey, you can do whatever you want with a tractor then. <laughs> oh, see? It's gross. Um, but this guy came in and had these horses. This is my mo- He's talking about, I understand that when we're like, hey, I was in a high rise in Chicago. If I go, look at us in the high rise. He is literally working in a Western store and a guy came in and went, anybody shoe horses? <laughs> like, this is my moment to use the voice. Yeah, well, that's I said true. gross because you said you can do anything to tractors. That's why I said gross. Oh. Because I could just see you. Yeah, I could see you. Now, a lot of times on this podcast, (laughs) I hate to keep interrupting you, but we talk about how not manly I am. Oh. And you bloodied yourself in the face with a hammer by pulling it out too quickly. Yeah. I've had a bloody nose one time by trying to pull sheets up (laughs) so I could smell them because I'd had them out on the line and they smelled like outside. Ooh. 
Nice. So, so they were on the bed and you couldn't get them up to your chest? or yeah. how? Uh, I, was yeah. tr- I was pulling and pulling and they were tucked in and then my hand slipped off the sheet and I punched myself in the face. And bloodied it. Bloodied it. <laughs> but goddamn, those so sheets smell good. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so back to your, your hero moment. Yeah, so then this guy goes, and it's Nevada desert, it's really dry, and I've never done it for money. And I have just like this little, ter- it's probably like a 40-pound anvil my dad used to use. It's terrible. And I have his shoeing tools that I just kind of throw off to the side and I put in my truck. And I tell this guy, like, yeah, I can do it. He goes, what would you charge? And I tell him, that's fair. I have two horses. So I go out there way out in the middle of nowhere in the desert in Nevada. And I start going to work. I can't, the feet are so dry and they're so hard from the desert my tools won't work. I can't use the knife to scrape out any of the crud, like the callus, and I can't cut through the the hoof wall. Yeah. So I'm like, just you're supposed to just be able to do it like this, like two hands, kind of both clenching. I have. You're given a honka honka vibe. Uh-huh, one over the other, as if you, you had a yeah. sub sandwich with two hands, and you were just pinching it a little. Yeah. That's how you would use your tools to like pin. You know, like you would use nail clippers, clip, 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 clip gotcha. all the way around. Now I have one hand on each side of what would be the equivalent of kind of like salad tongs. Imagine trying to like gab, gather salad with your hand on each side of the tongue, just going, oh, come on, not enough salad. <laughs> They're like <laughs> twisting and flipping off. And the horses are getting kind of pissed. Like, dude, this is taking forever. And then the rasp is like the file you use. Once I finally cut around through the hoof wall, okay, this I'm getting somewhere. Each foot is taking me like an hour. And a whole horse is supposed to take like, I think at that time I could do like an hour 15. I could chew a whole horse. So this is drag in the hot desert. It's taking all day. And the guy just, we're making conversation, but he's also been like, everything going okay? And I'm like, yep, yeah, I think I'm getting it. <laughs> and then I finally get, you know, my rasp isn't really working to file down the foot, but I finally get a shoe formed out on the anvil and it's going to fit the foot. And now I got to start driving the nails in, which we know I struggle with. <laughs> So I start putting in a nail, and the foot is so hard, it just instantly turns into a lightning bolt. Just oh, like wow. horseshoeing nails, are pr- they're not the most, like, uh, rigid. I don't know what the term would be do, like. Do they look like mini railroad spikes? Kind of, and they're, they're tapered at the end in one direction so that they're designed to go out of the hoof wall. So if you, they would never drive straight into something because they're beveled on one side. Gotcha. So the further they go in, the more they angle okay. out. So... You just got to make sure you got the bevel in the right spot. You hit it, and then it's supposed to just go and come right out the hoof. These are just turning into lightning bolts. But at each time, I keep railroad spiking it a little further into the hoof. I'm like, I'm getting there one at a time. I finally get one in. I'm getting one. And this, I think now I'm on a back foot. Again, two hours, three hours into this process. The guy is still being very nice about it and like, well, you're getting there. Go ahead. Now, I saw in a movie one time that you have to be able to the horse has to trust you to lift its hoof up. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you you got <laughs> to develop some know. I know a lot about horses. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, you get, uh-huh. uh, and really you can get hurt more working on the front end. If they're athletic, they'll kick you with their back foot, like in the forehead. So if you have Whoa. their back foot. Holy shit. If you have their back foot, there's if they start tugging at you, you can kind of just hold it. Like there's not, they can't kick you when they, you already have their foot up. So, but they can like lean their weight on you, which sucks. This horse is starting to get a little fidgety on its back leg and just kind of pulling and like, which is real jarring. You know, you're trying to be like very focused and get the nail to go in and then pulls against you. So that happens right as I have the second nail just about through the hoof wall. It's maybe like a quarter of an inch out. I'm going to hit it again, pulls its foot, 
I don't know how this happened. It rips its foot through where I'm trying to hold it and sinks the nail into my pinky finger oh, and jerks yeah. me to the ground. How do you like that uh, shit? Uh, <laughs> then now I'm on the ground and the horse is panicked because I've fallen and it starts moving and it's like dragging me by my pinky a couple feet. No. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. Like this horse is going to step on my head. <laughs> and then I somehow, it, you know, pops off my pinky and I'm just sort of looking at it like, Gah! the guy is so freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> just like, do you want to quit? What? I, oh my god! And I was like embarrassed, and I somehow finished. Like I got all my feet done. <laughs> <laughs> it was like there was so much dirt and horseshit and stuff in my pinky. I'm surprised I'm still living. It was just heinous. I love that story. I also love that we got a soundbite out of that, <laughs> which was what it was. It'll it'll here's how the soundbite will be edited. It was so dry, and it's the first time I'd been paid for it. <laughs> well, your mind's just in the gutter, but this is why you didn't get premium blend, man. <laughs> <laughs> so shoot horses, um, kind of lived in the, the horse world, and you were in the rodeo. Yeah. Did you ever do, like, the, the buck and bronco shit? Not on purpose. I got a horse when I was 12 <laughs> that I desperately wanted to keep. And then we got home and it turned out, you know, we purchased it. He was real sweaty. And then like... <laughs> like I have a question. Is keep, <laughs> is that a horsing term? No, I wanted to like keep like, him as, as like I, own like, him. Like, okay. like it's yeah. like he shot him. You keep him. It All was right. one of those things like you buy a horse for, you know, I'd like saved up. So like my dad would get, he still had a few cows at the time. I would milk the little baby ones when they weren't doing great. And then f when we sold them, I would keep a percentage of that, which was awesome. So like over the course of all this, I had a little money and like I could. How much money does a horse cost? This horse we bought for $1,200. Now, do you get a what discount? Nowadays, oh, yeah. that would be, you, there's no chance. Do you get a discount because of the sweat? <laughs> <laughs> you can talk them down a little bit. Because like if you showed up to buy a car and it was already running, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. This like, is the equivalent. This horse might have diabetes. This you horse know? is like needs to be ridden down so he seems mellow. But then once you like let him hang out for a few days, he's all charged up and crazy. Oh. And that was the concern. We were like, why is he all sweaty? Sure. Like, well, oh, no, he's, he's fine. Sometimes I'll walk through a mall real fast and try on clothes. And then I'll get those for a discount. <laughs> this is somewhat similar, but okay, more great. that we got the horse. And then when we got him home, it wasn't that he wasn't mellow. He was terrified of people. He'd been, oh. he, he had a scar on his forehead and someone told us it was, he was in a crash. Other people told us he was beaten by somebody. Either way, whether it was from the vet, like applying things to his head or someone beating him, he was freaked out by people. Gotcha. He liked me because I was a kid. But he, sure. would, he would run off sometimes. Like, I'd go over to just try to pet him and just sprint away. Like, well, that's not great. <laughs> so he's, like, real hard to catch him. And then I – but I, we got around to where we were buddies. And then one time I was riding in a junior rodeo thing, and you have to run out, and they put some flour on the ground or, like, chalk. Mm -hmm. And you run into it and spin around and run out. I'm running into it. He sees the chalk and just, like, what the f no, and just leaps over it. And then proceeds to buck up and down the whole fence. That's a barbed wire fence with like T-posts sticking out. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, no. And it's all these people backed up against it with lawn chairs in their pickup trucks. So they're getting the greatest front row of me, 12, just like, no, no, no. <laughs> just <laughs> rising a little further out of the saddle each time where like, I'm really coming unglued is how they'd say it in the cowboy world. <laughs> he came unglued there. 
I'm joining track. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just about to be where I, like, I'm going to impale myself on one of these T posts. And he stops and just starts walking. And all the tailgate people just erupt. Like, good ride, son. Way to ride him. Wow. It was great. And then I, I have like a little heart to heart with him after. I'm like, you can't fucking keep doing that. I'm going to have to get, but my parents are going to get rid of you. They can't have me on a horse that's bucking. And he's like, I got it. <laughs> And then a couple years later, we go to brand some calves in the morning. So we're like. You're putting your tattoos on cows. Yeah, cat, tattooing some cows. And like, I'm roping a bunch of them on my horse. So he's all warmed up again, nice and sweaty. But I got a junior rodeo that day, more of an official one. Mm-hmm. So this one, we like have the number on your back and there's an announcher. All right, folks. Like, it really feels real. This is, this lifestyle is insane to me. Yeah, oh, isn't that crazy? I, I'm going to, I. Prediction yeah. when you finish this, I'm gonna say something that's both going to probably get edited out <laughs> and he is going to ridicule me for. Oh, I can't wait for this. So this is terrific. So this is on video. I own this. My dad recently oh, found it and good. showed us. I'm like, it's just as good as I remember it. So we my mom comes running over and she's like, I already got him entered. You guys are a little late. They've agreed to bump him. He's gonna go last. And I'm doing this thing called breakaway, which is like when you're a kid. You don't jump off your horse and tie up the calf, but you still rope it. So you run out, you rope a calf, and then you let go of your rope, and it's tied to a little piece of string, with a, and your, your rope has a, a bright ribbon on the end. So when it breaks away and flies up in the air, they stop the clock. Oh, so cool. that's breakaway roping. As fast as you can rope a calf and stop your horse, break that little string. So I'm running over there, and like my horse just seems like, this is a lot. I went from like Brandon these calves, like threw me in a, a trailer. We zoomed across town. Now everyone's like kind of flustered. So I'm kind of like on him, like, you're okay, man. We're good. We've done this a bunch of times. We've been practicing a bunch at home, even though we didn't have calves to practice on. I'd still just like run out and like, you get the idea. Yeah, he's, he's working there. on <laughs> ottomans and stuff. <laughs> I just run my horse, throw my rope and stop him. Like in this event, there will be a calf here. <laughs> Sorry, mom, I'm practicing. <laughs> so I get my guy and like I go over and they're tying a rope around me. And then someone has the idea. It's, there's a lot of people, a lot of adults are trying to help. Like we got to hustle. You're, there's two more than you. And these things take place in like 20 seconds so it's a quick they can only oh, wait wow. so long sure. so one person goes you're hoping they take a while you know if they miss their first loop sometimes they'll they'll have a second rope on their person that they can take out now they're chasing the calf around forever and you're like okay good this is going to take a while so i'm waiting i'm hoping that'll happen they're tying ropes all on me so i have a backup rope but for my first rope for whatever reason someone goes this is the thing to do you want that ribbon to pop quicker so take a long bit of your rope wrap it around you, and then that way there's less of the, of the slack. That sounds can dangerous. not be a good idea. Sounds yeah, well, it's, it, it's all slack. There's very little of it that can be a problem, but it, yeah, it's still, it's just different than what I've been doing. I normally would have a tail of my rope out maybe like two feet just hanging off to the side so that when, it, when the ribbon broke or the string broke, that would fly off. Now I have like six feet of slack and oh. it goes around my left side and back behind my saddle. Gotcha. I don't speaking think much of, about it. Speaking of different than what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say our lives are completely similar, <laughs> but I, I used to play in a sandbox. <laughs> At 14? By myself. <laughs> All right. Keep it up. Keep going. So, I'm just letting you know like that you were doing that. I was making mud pies. Okay. <laughs> For, I do not believe at 14 you're making mud pies. He was a big mud pie. pie guy. He was a big <laughs> mud pie guy. It's true. That's, and honestly, before this whole cookies and cream tits came about, that's why they called him mud pies. They called you mud pies and now you're cookies and cream tits? I am cookies and cream tits, <laughs> but I was never mud pies. That's not fair. 
So I've got this six foot bit of slack wrapped around me. I go, I'm not even in the box. They call that the box. You back into the sand box. Sandbox. Fucking similar. The, the arena shit. is made out of sand. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're both That's in a sandbox. I'm to say. Before I go get in the box, my horse rears up like the lone, like real Western. Sometimes uh, they'll just kind of pop their front feet. He is like, this is max. This is as high as I can go. <laughs> Just like that. Yep. Everyone freaks out. The parents are all like, whoa. And I, I feel like I really thought we were going over backwards. I was like, oh, I've heard about this happening. The saddle horn can come down and like and really rough up your guts. So I was like, boy, I. Guts or nuts? Both. Yeah. But likely your, your guts. But I'm like, he comes back down on his front feet. I'm like, whew, that was something. And then everyone goes, okay, you ready? Like we just move on. <laughs> And I was like, in my head after the fact, like, yeah, I don't think he was. I don't think he was psyched to go do this. <laughs> I'm like, ah, he's just nervous. So I go out in the arena. I swing my rope a couple times. I kind of get ready. I go in the box. He's real jittery, which was not real. He was, we were getting along at this point. We're like two years into our tenure. I back into the box. And then, so they put, tie a string or they take like a barrier, pull it across the front of the box. That's wrapped around the calf's neck. As it goes a certain distance, it's like pass interference in the NFL. Gotcha. You got to give it a certain amount of time to get a head start. Sure. Then that thing breaks off of the calf's neck. The barrier disappears in front of you. You can run out. The trick is to run toward that barrier right as it's about to break. And then if you mistime it, you break the barrier. They give you like a 10-second penalty. So I'm like, I don't remember if I broke it or not, but I'm like, I'm ready. My horse well, is Well, it's on jazzed. video. We can check. We can. I nod my head. Calf goes out. I start going, I'm swinging my rope. I'm just about to throw and it all feels like slow motion. And I was just like, something feels off. Something feels real. Something then I look down and my horse is just broken in two. He's just bucking so hard. And it took me a while to figure out what was happening. So I was like, oh shit, he's bucking. Oh, I'm on the ground. It was just too quick for me to like gather myself. So no crowd cheering. The tailgate people are not there this time. In fact, people go, oh, <laughs> like I grab a little handful of dirt. Cause I'd seen guys in the rodeo do that. And I throw it at the ground, dang it. And then I go get on him. But the announcer like called the whole thing. My dad has a video of it and you can hear my mom in the background go, Oh, not again. (laughs) 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 And then I kept that horse. And that was, I think, the the last time he bucked. But uh, that was the closest I came to, like, riding in a rodeo. I always wanted to. I couldn't afford the fucking saddle. And I didn't want to do the one where you, like, just hold on to the the suitcase handle. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into this deep, uh, but I did grow up on a dog farm. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, at, what was the, is this look, the thing that was going to enrage him? Look at the him? look on his face, yeah. I, it's always something. <laughs> <laughs> we, so my dad, we grew up on an acreage, and my dad, we had horses, and he also raised and trained uh, hunting dogs. Nice. So we would have tons and tons of dogs at any time. I want you to know I've never heard this before, <laughs> and I think he's trying to impress you. <laughs> I don't think this You haven't happened. heard this? No. You haven't heard it because I, if I would have said the words, can you imagine if Dave wasn't here and we didn't have a third distraction and I said the words to you on the show, hey, I grew up on a dog farm. You, I, I, it would be referenced for months. You want to know what I would do? What? Frank, 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 <laughs> Kevin the dog. That's it. What's Kevin the dog? That's his dog, and he has a theme song. I have a theme song. Oh, nice. Kevin Costner the dog is what he (laughs) named his dog. We had a horse that tried to escape and impaled itself on a pole, and it was an all-time nightmare for a child to see, and I just, I struggle with, 
I'm out on horses. I can't do it. My mom had that happen when she was a kid, and it's hard to get a horse out of a T-post, so it stayed there as the bus went by for like a week. <laughs> they had to see it every Holy day. shit. Isn't that gnarly? <laughs> like it was a lesson to the other horses? Like, <laughs> yeah. leave them there. You leave them there so the other horses they say, We can't get a tractor. We don't have one that has like a front-end thing. They're just going <laughs> to, he'll dry out, <laughs> be a little lighter. We'll get some men and shove him off. Oof. This is what happened to the last horse that talked. <laughs> That's how I had to get off a strap on once. I had to wait. No. Uh-uh. That's not true. I just wanted to see Cy lose his mind. That's my, that's my dog farm. Hey, I have to go. Hey, uh, thank you so much for doing the show, Dave. Sure, fellas. I uh, I love you, man. You're love you guys, too. Thanks for having oh me. Oh, my this gosh. Was, love uh, running all absolutely over the place. Absolutely incredible that you came in. I'm glad you were here. Great to see you, and uh, I, I love you, too, Dave. What Thanks, the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, I got to run. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m., so click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.